Welcome to Deep Well Astrology. I'm Allison Disler, a psychological astrologer and somatic educator. And in this podcast, we'll explore how astrology can illuminate our embodied consciousness and nourish our soul. Welcome, everyone. I've turned the page of the ephemeris today to lay out a section of time. It is the spring months, March, April, May, and June in the ephemeris. I use the paper copy of the American ephemeris for the 21st century, years 2000 to 2050 at midnight, compiled by Michelson, to report dates and transits for the podcast. It is the blue book. Today is Thursday, March 3rd, 2022, and we've just come through the Pisces new moon conjunct Jupiter in Pisces. For anyone who has planets around mid-house Pisces 10 degrees to 20 degrees or so, you're getting a boost of that expansive or excessive energy over the last few days. The thing most up for today, Thursday, March 3rd, is that Venus and Mars are finally catching up to transiting Pluto at 27 degrees Capricorn, highlighting this point of Pluto in later Capricorn. So while the middle of this week could hold expansive, hopeful, or excessive kind of energy, now, or the latter half of this week, could dredge up or excavate or make bigger some ongoing tension between Venus and Mars to places in our lives that we've maybe already been through this past couple months since December. This especially depends on what house Capricorn represents for us and if we have any planets or sensitive points around anything about 27 degrees of cardinal signs. Venus has been with Pluto in the underworld before. Think Demeter and Persephone style. Uh, for us, this may mean revisiting again some topics, perhaps relational or matters of love or other relationships that we were exploring or looking at at the end of December personally. So some examples, this could be revisiting an old flame or connection or simply coming back round to themes of what we truly value and find worthy. With Mars in the picture, this kind of Venusian re-excavating could be catalyzed, hastened, or quickened, spiced up due to the co-presence of Mars. Something spicy or even volatile could be added to the mix at this point. This is one of the things I like most about astrology, the multi-layers, the fact that it gives us opportunity to exercise both and consciousness that two, three, or more energies are happening simultaneously, and we can experience these archetypally all at once. We can have hope at the same time a deep excavating of value and worth is occurring. We can look at astrology personally as a reflection of our psyche, intrapersonally between people and groups, or collectively as a country, as a world. All of these layers are happening, sometimes creating harmony, sometimes creating discordance. And it is the differing lenses that makes up the evolving community of astrology and astrologers. I like to keep an eye and an ear to the larger world, 
but my specialty and calling is in the realm of inner experience, how we can study and learn about the rhythms of the larger universe and translate that to create meaning and understanding in our daily lives. I've got two more podcasts focusing on communication through the lens of Mercury through the signs. And today we're going to continue Mercury and water signs with the episode Communication Through the Lens of a Mercury and Scorpio. Last time I introduced Mercury and water by introducing first some qualities of water. Let's start there again. Like air, water is communal, but unlike air, water is merging rather than splitting or dispersing. Water as an element is boundaryless and potentially engulfing, and it is most functional and useful when it has a container. Uncontained water can flood. It can damage or wash away earth and structures. If we're thirsty, it's helpful to have a cup to hold water, a vase to keep water for cut flowers. To harness the usefulness of water, it needs a boundary. The shapelessness of water allows it to trickle and flow into cracks, caves, and caverns, to travel into the depths and still flow. It can carve a path through the underworld. A river can be on the surface and then disappear underground or in a cave, but it keeps moving, shape-shifting, and flowing, changing its current and speed depending on what it comes into contact with. I think there are some inherent sympathetic traits between Mercury as an archetypal energy and water, but there are also some differences or challenges. One resonance is that Mercury, or the Greek Hermes, has with water is the ability to shapeshift and travel between worlds, the surface, the underworld, and back again. Mercury in our natal chart is affected by each contact it has with the planet. It is malleable or shape-shifting in its nature. A Mercury-conjunct Mars will take on Martian qualities and colors, same for Saturn or Venus. Mercury is impressionable. Even Hermes in myth was sometimes good or sometimes not so good. Could be a helpful being or could be a thief. Hermes is like the impressionable youth. You worry you won't be able to hold on to their you know, hold on to their personality under peer pressure, one who shifts depending on the group or atmosphere. So in a way, Mercury and water share some of this amoral or non-binary character. On the other hand, one of Hermes or Mercury's attributes is also messaging, to deliver and transmit messages with agility, a winged foot messenger. Mercury is the quickest moving, transiting planet around the sun, and in our charts, only the moon shifts more frequently. This is a difference energetically between Mercury and the element of water. Water can move quick at times, as in a waterfall or rapids, but it is not as directional or agile as the element of air or the winged-footedness of Hermes. In other words, water can slow down and spread out or diffuse directional efficiency of mercury, creating novel, new, artistic, or difficulties in the realm of linear thinking, communicating, or message delivery. In water, an emotional element, mercury also spends a fair bit of time 
in the impressionable or nonverbal realms compared to folks with a Mercury in air, earth, or fire. Each of the three water-based signs will refine the basic water qualities through their modality. Mutable water, as expressed through Pisces, is an expansive, nonverbal, interconnective energy that is merging, shape-shifting, collective-driven, and unbound like an ocean. Cardinal water, as expressed through Cancer, is receptive, protective, strong, initiative, and sensitive. Energy that is aware of inherent cycles of life, bonds to the past, and familial interconnection, like a marsh. Fixed water, as expressed through Scorpio, is a penetrating, uncompromising, and self-protective energy that is deep, intense, and purging, like a well. Let's dive deeper, and deeper, and deeper, into Mercury and Scorpio. As a way into Scorpio, I think it can be helpful to look through the lens of symbology. If you look at the glyph for Scorpio, you can see the letter M with a little pointy tail on it, kind of like a poker. What do you think that is about? Before we continue, take a moment. What do you know or think about Scorpio or Scorpios, even the symbol of it? I think what I notice is that right away we often have an opinion about Scorpio or the glyph of the M with the pointy tail. Even the name itself suggests images of snakes or scorpions, things that can be poisonous. The M with the Scorpio glyph matches the M in the Virgo glyph. Both signify and represent ancient symbols of medicine and healing. We might imagine that Scorpio has the energy going outward, so diurnal or masculine, while Virgo has it going inward, or kind of nocturnal, receptive, or feminine if you view it in that way. Can you think of some situations where poison is actually a helper or a cure? What about folks like surgeons who cut in and purge out our systems of something hidden or gone bad? The process of excavating, purging, cleansing, and removal is part of the Scorpio archetype. There's also a reason why Scorpio has several creature symbols. One is the scorpion, who stings, has a private protective shell, who lives in the arid desert. Another is the snake, which transforms and sheds its skin. Still, another is the phoenix, a mythical creature reborn from its own ashes. And another is the eagle, which some believe is the transformed scorpion, no longer in a defensive shell. It's proud to be oneself. Regardless of which you choose or how you think of Scorpio, you can see a process that's offered. This is the process of transformation. It can be somewhat paradoxical because Scorpio is a fixed water sign. When we look into a well, there is not much movement on the surface, yet there are deep processes at work. There is often sludge and organic matter composting at the bottom of a well or in a stagnant pond. There is life in that depth, and it is most often the stuff 
that many of us don't want to see, look at, or acknowledge. The Scorpio has ability to turn shit into gold because it's willing to go there. Or has to go there. The Scorpio also has the ability to get stuck in the shit. When we place Mercury in Scorpio, when it touches Scorpio, Mercury becomes fixed, fused, and focused. Some keywords for Mercury and Scorpio, focused, investigative, purging, private, deep, intense, penetrating, relentless, strategic, stormy. Some of our best ability to stick with things and stay focused come from our fixed sign placements. With a Mercury and Scorpio, you have a particular ability to focus or have a specialty. You can dive your thoughts deep into something and spend a lot of time learning. You may find that you have a propensity or want to have a propensity to the hard, deep, truthful, and meaningful conversation. You can be okay in the mess of hard emotions. Perhaps this Mercury has an affinity for investigation or mystery, diving into true crime and games of strategy or puzzles. If you have a Mercury in Scorpio or know someone who does, where do you focus your fixed mind? Some of the gifts of a Mercury in Scorpio is the ability to withstand and go where others fear to tread in learning, conversations, and thought processes. But one challenge, which is a theme for a lot of the fixed signs, is being flexible or light-minded when the situation calls for it. Even if we use our Scorpionic gifts for our work as medics, surgeons, writers, investigators, cybersecurity personnel or therapists. Not every conversation or situation needs depth or purging. The ability to own a Mercury in Scorpio and not be so fixed as to never lighten or open up can be a hazard. We can literally get stuck in our own intensity, focus, or in the muck. When this process happens, when the Mercury in Scorpio gets stuck, or fixed, or inward. This can be like living in an intense raining down of shadow, or dark matter, or even negativity. In bodily terms, since Scorpio rules the organs of elimination, overfixity can be something akin to constipation, and long-term constipation can actually cause a system that is toxic. For Scorpionic Mercury's, this ability to be both fixed strategic and focus, and to remember that there is a process involved in purging and cleansing is a key to keep things moving. If I could emphasize one element of this podcast for all those interested in or having a Mercury in Scorpio, it would be take a break. There is a break between segments of this podcast for absorption. There are a break in sports and theater and for the holidays. There are breaks in seasonal cycles and weather patterns. One thing breaks allow is the natural process of digestion and integration. 
If we have an open wound, we need a few things. One, immediate attention, then focused strategy, then implementation with skill, and then time to heal on its own. Earlier, I used the word relentless as one keyword of scorpionic process and potentially a Mercury in Scorpio. I mean this beyond negative or positive because relentlessness can be life-affirming in certain survival or endurance activities or life-negating in situations that do not require it. When we think about or approach listening from a Mercury and Scorpio point of view, it can be helpful to actively discern and use appropriate boundaries to understand how to meet a particular event or person. Just because you can or want to go deep doesn't mean that it's the best use of the moment or even usable in a conversation. To have appropriate places and venues to utilize your depth of listening, truth-finding, and purging is important. And to cultivate listening skills that are broader to each context, rather than narrow and probing or penetrating all the time. It can be helpful to remember when listening that just because someone is speaking on the surface or thinking on the surface doesn't mean that there's nothing below. It can be tempting to elevate depth and be prickly or critical of people or situations that don't match your need or ability. This is a form of closing off or shelling up, of living in the desert world of the scorpion rather than in the broadened span of the eagle. The eagle knows it's powerful. We can see its integrity by its posture and its ways of being. The eagle doesn't need to sting or poison us or draw us in to show its power. Until next time, breathe deep, linger long.